Walk, Mock, Mockum. Another Ruby, Ruby's Review the Movies. My name is Maria, and this Hello. is <laughs> Lindsay. We were college roommates, and uh, Lindsay graduated with a degree in film studies, and I wrote film reviews for like almost 20 years. So now we're going over some of the films we may have missed from the past. And so for this week, it was my yes. choice to pick the film that Lindsay hadn't seen, and that film was 1999's Go. And yes. um, yeah, I remember seeing this movie. I think I saw it in theaters, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, really liked it. It was very different from a lot of stuff that was coming out at the time that was geared towards, you know, my age group anyway. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but it stars. Uh, it's got a pretty big cast. Like a lot of names you would still recognize today. You got uh, William Fincher, Katie Holmes, Jay Moore, Sarah Pauly, Scott Wolf, Tay Diggs, Brecken Meyer, who was in so many things. Because <laughs> he was also in uh, Clueless. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, Desmond Skew, Jane Krakowski, J.E. Freeman, Melissa McCarthy. And like, this is her first film. Yeah, I noticed her. I was like, is that Melissa? Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, it it was what was really unique about the movie to me is that well what was really unique about the movie is the way they tell the story. So we you first you get the story from a few different points of view, and it doesn't all come together until the end. Um, <clears throat> which is one of the things that I really liked about it. It was very unique uh, to me. Uh, and first you start off with Rana, who's like working. She's a cashier. Uh, you know, this local mini mart, and this woman is like, mm-hmm. you know, upset with her because uh, she she was like, "What about my double coupons?" And Rana's like, "It's on the receipt where it says double coupons." She's like, "I could have your job, or I had your job, or something." She's like, "Okay, well, look where it's got you because she's over here <laughs> looking like a mess with her baby right. crying in her ear. Like, you want this job? You can right. have it. Like, what do you mean?" Right. Like, that's not a selling point, but all right. Like that's not a dick, (laughs) right? Not at all. (laughs) And like she's Ron is late on rent. She needs like three hundred eighty dollars. I was like, wow, what was rent light back then? (laughs) And in LA at that, right? And she's supposed to be seventeen. I thought she was playing when she said that. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, but whatever, you know. So I was like, "Take." Mm-hmm. But I just like, "Where is rent? Is three eight? That's it? Oh, we can do that, right. you know." Um. So her coworker, British Simon, is like, "Hey, pick up my shift for me. I'm going on a trip with my boys to Vegas. I've never been to her. It's really great. I'll pay you ahead of time, you know." So she agrees to do that. Does that, and then these two guys come through. And um, they're, you know, very trying to be very charming or whatever. They're like, oh, where's Simon? Because apparently Simon is an ecstasy dealer and they want some ecstasy. And so Ron is like, oh, yeah, um, sure, I'll try. I can do that for you. I can totally do that. So she's just going to go to the supplier and say, hey, one time only, let me get this. Let me get these ecstasy pills. Right. Because she's like, you know, Simon overcharges for them. I can get them for what he gave me and then still have some extra money and cover the rent and all that stuff. Right. 
So she goes to try and get the pills, and the drug dealer is very skeevy. <laughs> like he's just—he's yeah. so gross. And, you know, uh, I everybody looks gross in this film. Everybody looks gross in this film. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Katie, like Katie Holmes's character is like she's never met a brush like in her life. I don't think. They have never put soap to water. Like (laughs) everybody has germs and they look like they've been sweating all day. Nobody knows what an air conditioner is. Like everybody looks crazy. It's 90s grunge. I don't know. You know, maybe that's it. Yeah. I I cannot stand that style of filming because that's the first thing I think of. Like y'all look like y'all stink. (laughs) (laughs) As long as I can't smell you, I'm okay. Right, right. So, Rana gets the pills. She takes them over to where these guys are. Another guy comes off, and they're they're all clearly like he's clearly a cop. Like he's just very, very clearly a cop. <laughs> right. And so she asks where the bathroom is. She tries and flushes the pills. She flushes as many as possible before she you know just gets out of there. Now she doesn't have the pills. Mm-hmm. She doesn't the money for the pills because she left her friend as collateral. With the drug dealer. Right. And then her other friend actually texts another ex. So now he's high and useless. So she's right. going to the drug dealer. Right. So she, she didn't have enough. She didn't have enough for it to be considered distribution anyway. Right. Right. You know. She didn't have the right so amount, but still. That's the that's the irony of this whole movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, but yeah. Yeah, because when she goes to the dealer, she's like, I need, what was it, like 2020s or something. And he's like, oh, so mm-hmm. just the amount you need to get arrested? He's like, no, here's 2015s. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, she, you know, she flushes yes. it anyway. And, you know, the dude is so clearly a cop. It's like, it's it's so bad. Like, <laughs> Like this, and that's and he like gave her a beer and everything, and that's when she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm 17, so I probably shouldn't be drinking this beer because it looked like they weren't gonna let her leave." Mm-hmm. Right, right. So yeah, that was a whole botch deal. Mm-hmm. So she wants to like, like ret- the cops no, and like she wants to return the pills that she didn't sell to the dealer, right? And so now she's at the drugstore trying to match him up to like whatever Tylenol they have, puts all that in the bottle and gives it back to him. And he lets her have like $50 of what she gave of him, right? Mm-hmm. But now she's got all this other, all these other, you know, random allergy meds or whatever. And so she decides to sell those at the rave to make <laughs> the money. She makes like over $400. Right. And uh, word of it gets back to the dealer and he goes out there looking for her. Finds her, he's like threatening her, pulls a gun on her and everything, and she's backing away from him when she gets hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, the car stops and like turns around and then like dumps her body in a ditch before they drive off. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was weird. And then she still was alive. She yeah. just laid there. And you don't, <laughs> she was just unconscious, you know, mm-hmm. in a coma, pretty much. Right. Um, and I'd forgotten about how that's how that ended, right? Mm-hmm. So she got hit by the car. I was like, oh my God. 
Right. <laughs> you know, because this is oh, this is also a Christmas story. I forgot to mention. This is all... Yeah, this is. <laughs> One hell of a Christmas. Right. Especially with Ron mm-hmm. about to be evicted, like literally on Christmas. Right. Like, how heartless is your landlord? My God. Like, hey. Maybe he needed them extra funds for Christmas and you messed up his plans. Oh my goodness. That's not her fault. You, you got to manage well, your finances, bud. It kind of is her fault because my me managing my finances is being a landlord. Nah. So On Christmas, uh, come on. Wait, 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 wait a day at least. You know, come on. Hey. That don't cost you that much more for a day. It don't, but you can't be mad at him. Yes, I well, can. I can be mad at well, all. Everything is right. He but, is well within his right. Uh, then you're going to play on my heartstrings. Yes. No. Yes, because we're supposed to be a community. community and that's one extra day. That's one extra day of lights, one extra day of gas, one extra day of water that you're probably not going to pay. So who's supposed to pay that? Take it to court. And then court fees and time. She'll pay for all that when she's found whatever. Yeah, but it's time consuming when I can just kick you out and get no, another person no, in here. No, oh, not on Christmas. No, it's not no. anyway. Nobody's you know, moving on Christmas. You know, right? But you know, the apartment's got to air out. They got to clean it up. They got to fix stuff. But none of that so is happening on Christmas. Everybody's that. closed. Just let her stay the night. No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Mm. Yes. So Simon, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon is going with his buddies to Vegas. And apparently, because he fell asleep first, they put him in the trunk. <laughs> I do not want to go out of town. What? With no. <laughs> Turn around right now. Let me right. out. We're already done. Right. <laughs> and one of them is played by uh, Tay Diggs. He looked, I, I, I think this is like one of his first roles, almost. Um, but like I, I didn't remember like his apparently it's like his whole storyline in Vegas, which uh was just like racist things happening to him all night long. <laughs> like, yeah. From the friends down. Like, it was just like don't go to Vegas, <laughs> black people. Yeah. Every sign for him not to be in Vegas. Cause one of his friends is talking about he wants to use the N-word because his Mother's mother's mother was like half black or something. Yeah. I I, so. I tweeted about that. I was like, I'm already irritated. <clears throat> <laughs> and he was like, please produce it. a picture of this Nubian princess that you're talking about. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not going to have a picture on me. Okay, well, you right. can't claim that shit. Right. Because we're then, not about to do that. Well, everybody's from Africa. No, we're not about to do that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. And then he has this um like mustard colored blazer on as part of his going out outfit. And like from the moment mm-hmm. he puts it on, they're clowning him. And then, then like the entire city is clowning him. <laughs> like he goes to the restroom and this guy's like, Hey, can you hand me a towel? And he does it, and I was like, No, don't do it. <laughs> he thinks you work there. <laughs> and he tips him because he thinks he's a bathroom attendant because of his jacket, right? And then he's uh, yeah, out of the front the of the hotel. And he's black. Yeah, exactly. 
and then he's standing outside the hotel um and this dude just hands him the keys to his car like you know hey like he thinks he's the valet driver and at this point he's just like you know what forget it and he takes the car so it's right. him so that's what he get yeah <laughs> so now it's it's him Marcus is his character's name and Simon and so they've taken the car and they're going to this place called Crazy Horse and Strip Club. And uh, what's interesting here is when you have the storyline with Rana and she's at the drug dealer, the drug dealer is giving the phone call and the phone call is from Simon in Vegas asking him about, hey, what was that place you told us about? So you have those two storylines crossing over mm-hmm. there, uh, which is just kind of fun. And uh Marcus is telling Simon, hey, you know, when we get in here, you can order anything you want except for champagne. Because if you order champagne, they're going to take you to the champagne room and we cannot afford to pay for that. Now, unbeknownst to Marcus, Simon has the drug dealer's credit card to hold the room. uh, And he brought it with him. (laughs) No, remember, he didn't he know that because they had a whole dialogue about it. Oh, I thought it was another one of their friends he talked to about that. I thought it was Marcus he talked to about that. Either way. You could be right. But you forgot the part where he had the threesome. Oh, has it happened yet? God. Simon gets into so much in the (laughs) storyline. Right, right, right. Remember that happened after he the wallet. Right. Mm -hmm. He had crashed his wedding. And um, they just gave him cake and champagne, and he's talking to these two girls, and everybody's getting along. And they went back to their hotel room, and they're smoking. And the one girl stuffs tissues up her nose to smoke because she's like, yeah. "That's the only way I can hold it in." <laughs> <laughs> and Simon's like, "Weird, but whatever, you know." Um, <laughs> and she's smoking, and of course they get caught on fire, you know. And uh, she thinks she put them out. And at this time, like, everybody's making out. They're all going at it. He's in a threesome with these two girls he just met. And then, like, the curtains are on fire. But he's, like, so in the throes of passion, he doesn't really realize they're real. (laughs) So the alarm goes off and everything. And that's when he runs out at the front. And when Marcus is at the front, he just got the keys tossed to him by that guy. Mm -hmm. For, like, a red Ferrari or something. I don't know. I don't know cars. So... (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. I was I was just the first stereotypical one I could pick out of my mind. So <laughs> um so they take the red Ferrari off to uh was it oh gosh, what is it what was the name of it? To the strip club. And of course he tells them not to order club, champagne. Yeah. And of course he orders champagne because you tell someone not to do something he's gonna first do. Thing he ordered. Mm-hmm. He right. said, I want your most expensive bottle of champagne. So they set down right. the rules of the champagne room. And I can't remember like when Chris Rock champagne room came out, if it was like before or after this. But it was the, rules the same of, year. It was the same year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but the rules of the champagne room are you can't touch the dancers. They can touch you, but you cannot touch them. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, Simon loses it and touches the girl. Like full, both hands full open, you're like, right. And so, uh, you know, the lights come up and everything. The security comes out. You know, they're 
Oh, and then like Simon had stolen a gun. What? Because the gun was in the car. The gun was in the car. So Simon had brought the gun inside. And uh, security came out. He shot at them, shot this guy in the arm. And they, uh, you know, ran out, you know, and everything. And um, after they left, you know, the, the people who own the strip club were talking about what had happened. And this guy says, "You can't let some rapper with a white with a white friend come in with a gun. You got to pat him down first. I'm just like, "Gee, Kelly wow. Marcus isn't around, and he still got." I was like, "That wasn't even his gun. Like, what? Right? Like, Marcus was the most intelligent person in the room, but he got stereotyped and yeah. everything. But yeah." <laughs> But hey, it'd be like that. Unfortunately. Wow. Wow. I didn't I didn't remember all that. Yeah. Like that kind of commentary, but that was kind of funny. Cause you know, especially in mm. the 90s films, you would have that one black character who'd just be like, Yeah, you know, what's up? You know, whatever. Like, you know, from if you never right. saw that another teen movie. Mm. They make a point with yeah. that character. Yeah. Yeah, and like the parody start pointing it out a lot. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it got it got to be like pretty much like a caricature. Yeah, it was you know? totally. Yeah, yeah. So, so they they flee the strip club and everything, but they have the credit card. Of course, they don't know it belongs to somebody completely different out in LA. They just have his name that he's in LA. So they're going they're going to look him up. Mm-hmm. So from that end, the story changes again to Adam and Zach. And Adam and Zach are the two guys that were from Rana's storyline who wanted to buy the ecstasy. Right. And so mm-hmm. they star in like they're like these soap opera actors. And I was like, how are they like why would soap opera actors ever try to buy drugs off a of cashier? Like <laughs> You would think, you know, they would have people be a that, bit more discreet, right? Yeah. They would know somebody who knows somebody, but yeah. uh, you know, they're also they're also in a relationship, like they're secretly together. I did not catch that. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that till way later. Like, how did I catch that? <laughs> well, they they weren't. You know, <laughs> it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a secretive relationship anyway. Um. Yeah. But they've been busted for hard drug possession, and so they've been coerced into working for Burke, who's the police detective that really uh, tips it off that Rana <laughs> is dealing with a bunch of cops. Um, you know, they have they have them wearing a wire the whole time when they do the whole setup to buy the drugs from Rana because they're oh well, they're looking for Simon, and they're not really looking for Simon; they're looking for the guy above Simon, then you know, so on and so forth, right? And uh, but of course, you know, you don't know. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, some mm-hmm. cops. Right. So they send them in there to make the whole deal. And when Rana comes over to the apartment, it's Burke who really starts acting strange. Because one of the things they did at the supermarket was like buy a whole bunch of orange juice. Because if you're going to be on ecstasy, one of the things you want to drink is orange juice. And uh, when, yeah. <laughs> when the detective comes out of the kitchen, he's like, oh, we're all out of orange juice. And it's like, you almost bought the store full of oranges. What do you mean? <laughs> you know. 
and it's yeah. it's at the at the at the bust, you know, uh, where Zach actually secretly warns her that this that this is a cop that she should she should go. Movie title, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. that's when she flushes the drugs down the toilet and she leaves. And because the bus was unsuccessful, like Burke, Burke, you know, he's got these papers he's supposed to sign to let to let Zach and them go free. Um, but he's like, well. Since it was unsuccessful, how about you come to Christmas dinner with us? And then I'll sign the papers. How does that sound? Like, it sounds like they don't have a choice, Bert. Right. And, like, this whole time, Burke has been making comments about their bodies out of nowhere. You know, like, oh, you, yeah. You, you, yeah, yeah. He, did, <laughs> like, um, he did fill one of the guys up. Mm-hmm. Talked about his stump, like his washboard abs. Yeah, because he was like showing him how they really arrest people and how it's not like on TV shows. And he and right. then he makes a comment about his washboard abs and it's just like, what's going? On? Yeah, what is going on? Right. So uh, they, of course, agree to go over to his house for Christmas dinner because they're trying to get these papers signed, and um, everybody's acting very weird. <laughs> like his wife is. Yeah using a mixture to make some kind of something maybe cookies or something and like instead of actually paying attention to what she's doing she's staring at adam right and like trying to get him to lick the this the mixer suggestively and all this stuff and then zach is like in the bathroom and when he comes out burke is there naked you know talking about like cologne or whatever like (laughs) And uh, finally asking Zach, like, how open-minded is he and stuff like that. Uh, And by this time, Zach and Adam are very weirded out because who wouldn't be? (laughs) Right. Right. It was was looking like some swinger-type situation. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was another movie that was popular that was out during this time. Um, But, uh, you know, I didn't see it because I wasn't of age. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I haven't seen it. I can't say. Um, yeah. But I believe they had the same director. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't so, know. I haven't. I haven't seen it either. Oh, okay. Well, we'll 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 be in good company there then. So just the two of us. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but really. What what Burke and his wife want is to like pitch a multi-level marketing like pyramid scheme, you know, bullshit to them. They want them to buy and invest mm-hmm. and be out of the, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, but why all the sexual tension? <laughs> like, right. And right. like I a, was like, yeah. okay, so we did all of this for them to try to sign them on to this pyramid scheme. Yes. But the part that throws all of that off was when she kissed old boy in the kitchen. So what was that about? Right. You know? They were going to seduce <laughs> them into the mar- into the MLM, I guess? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I would have bought it had it not been for that part. Yeah. Because that part throws everything off. Right. Maybe they're just trying to hit uh, both goals. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
But anyway, this, this movie says a cap. So, um, and it seems like most movies do actually. I need to look into that. Like a lot of movies just really seem to say a cap. Um, but anyway, so they there was also like comments being made like during Adam and Zach's storyline about you know they think the other is cheating, um, and they're they're making hints about oh they think they think somebody they know like is being cheated on or something, and they keep making hints about it this whole time, kind of hinting mm-hmm. like they think it's the each one thinks it's the other one, and come to find out they were actually they both cheated with the same person named Jimmy. <laughs> Right. Like, wow. Okay. And right. they they actually they're actually the ones who are in the car that hits Rana. And so they had actually gone to the rave to find Jimmy and they cut like a lock of his hair and everything. What was killing me was that when they were going into the rave and they were in line comparing notes. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> So when they leave the rave, that's when they accidentally run over Rana and like dump her body in a ditch. Mm-hmm. And then they see Todd with the gun, uh, which is what really makes them back up. And so they're they're like, well, should we go back and help her or whatever? And they're like, well, if we hadn't run over her, Todd would have shot her. So maybe we kind of saved her life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Adam realizes, you know, they're still wearing a wire, and uh, you know they don't want to be going down for a crime like this. So they go back to try and remove Rana's body, but they find out she really was just unconscious. Uh, so they put her, they put her on the hood of another car, which sets off the alarm, so people come out of the rave and everything, and like want to call an ambulance and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they they got out of that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that hit looked pretty serious. It did. Yeah. It did. Because it seemed like she was like completely knocked out when she was on top of the car. When she yeah. wasn't moving or anything like that. So, yeah. And so, then for them the, the car to throw her in that ditch on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in the morning... Claire, uh, who's the friend that was being held for collateral, uh, goes to a restaurant to meet up with uh, Rana and Manny. Manny, who's been high this entire time off of this ecstasy and just having you know radically different experience of reality than everybody else. Like <laughs> in his mind, he's like dancing with this cashier. She feeds him a banana. Uh, he, he meets his cat that can read his thoughts. Uh, you know, and like um, you know, just like it's just very wild night for him. And like before, yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he he uh, before Rana got hit by the car, she told him, put him in the alley. It's like just wait here until I get back, because like you're very because he had thrown up and everything. Like, like just mm-hmm. wait here and I'll pick you up. Um, so he's like uh, still waiting there, <laughs> <laughs> still waiting there. So, yeah. but um. You know, she Claire's going to meet, trying to meet the both of them, but she meets Todd instead. They end up going to his apartment building, and uh, they're making out on the stairs, which is just like, girl, why, why? He's ugh. yeah. And they're found by the two victors, who are these two dudes from the casino, uh, who are working with the casino, who are trying to find Todd, and like they're negotiating, like how to basically get even with Todd, and they come to the conclusion that they'll just shoot him in the arm. (laughs) 
like like uh you know his like his like Simon shot the other guy in the arm. Right, right. <laughs> and Claire is like, I don't want to, I don't want to see this. I don't want to witness the murder. So she just kind of leaves him. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm fair, you know. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know this guy. Right, right. Because they were gonna kill him, and she had to like, you know, bring him, bring him to reality. Like, hey, I'm a witness for one, and for two, why are we killing him? For him shooting in the arm, mm-hmm. you know, so make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so they all agreed to shooting him in the arm, and Rana like wakes up in the hospital, and then she's you know starting to go back to work. I'm like, girl, you literally just got hit by a car. You like take a day off. Um, but she, that's when she realized she left money. Manny. Right. <laughs> So she has to go back and pick Manny up, and he's just like in the alley, looking pale and sickly. Oh god, he looked like he was about to die. Mm-hmm. So, like they got him right in time. They need to give him some orange juice, <laughs> right? <laughs> ASAP. Well, that is go. So, I really liked it. I remember liking it a lot. Um. The way they tell the story was very different. Having everything come together at the end, I really like it when, you know, the worlds collide a little bit. You can see how things connect. Mm-hmm. Um, soundtrack had a lot of really great hits from from the '90s and everything on there, um, and the cast is still really great. Like you still know a lot of these names today, uh, based on their current work. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was such like a box office failure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because the budget was twenty million, and it only made twenty eight point five. The budget was twenty million. The budget was twenty million. Oh wow! Which is not even a big budget for the time. But I wouldn't have guessed it would have been twenty. That looks like a ten below. Well, I'm thinking they spent it most on talent. Yeah. And like right. special effects and editing. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it yeah, they they spent the majority of it on the talent. Cause, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think I even remember the movie from back then. Mm-hmm. So maybe they didn't spend a lot in marketing because I was watching a lot of TV back then. Maybe. I think I probably heard it more because of like the music I was listening to. Okay. So that may have been where I heard it more because I was like, oh yeah, I know this song. This song's like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And yeah. it won it won an award for the soundtrack, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so what made you pick this movie? Just like how unique it was for the time, especially for like a kind of teen young adult movie um mm-hmm. the way it was shot and edited and uh some of the more iconic music of the time just interesting and funny and it's still pretty funny actually uh it's very well paced for there to be so many stories and sure. then for it to make sense at the end uh it's really well done yeah 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 i um i agree with the pacing because it doesn't seem like it's being rushed nor does it seem like it's being dragged out. Right. 
none of the none of the stories. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Not a yeah. moment feels wasted. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So they yeah they did very good with the time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, could you see this movie being remade? Oh yeah, I think you could definitely do that. Um. Yeah, I could see it being remade and probably more of a style that's like similar to Euphoria or something, mm-hmm. you know, but definitely for sure. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, since this film, more things using this kind of storytelling format. It's still not particularly common, but they're usually a, like at least one episode for whatever series you're watching where they do something kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see it not being um, made often because you don't want to oversaturate mm-hmm. with this type of storytelling, and it's not as easy. Mm-hmm. It's just straightforward storytelling, you know. Yeah, so. your story has to be tight; it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, um, so yeah, um, I can, I can see it being remade. Um, but what drug? Because they can't use ecstasy. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I have no idea, but you could even just make something up like they do on uh, Riverdale. Yeah. Right. Like drug in Riverdale's Jingle Jingle. Yeah. Or like the family business because they came up with a drug called Heat. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I um I didn't I didn't um at first I didn't particularly care for it because I was just like, ugh, everybody looks gross. <laughs> but um nobody washes their story, legs. Right, right. Like and they don't use washcloths. <laughs> but <laughs> but um as the story progressed or whatever, um I didn't focus too much on that. And it was entertaining. Like, it kept my attention throughout the whole thing. And then <clears throat> I did tweet that one um, detective. Um, what's his name? Let me pull it up. Oh, Burke? Um, his his name in real life. Oh, in real life. Um, William Fitchner. Mm-hmm. He no matter what he plays in, he's always cringe. He plays <laughs> cringe very well. He does play a lot of cringe, yeah. Yeah, he plays it extremely well. Like <laughs> he is the goat at playing cringe. And giving you the ick. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. And he like he he goes there and then it turns out to be something totally different. Like he does it effortlessly, so kudos to him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we have our rating system, which we have one movie real trash AF, two it exists, three entertaining, four great, five a true classic. So Maria, what say you? I think I would give it a four. Four. Hmm. Um, it has a lot of cultural relevance, especially like for that year, particularly because of the soundtrack. Use a lot of radio hits and singles and stuff like that. Um, 
the way that is shot and filmed is pretty unique. Um, the cast is still really well known today and it's still entertaining today. <clears throat> Even though it yeah. is very of its time. So yeah. I'll give it a four. Okay. Um <clears throat> I would give it a three. because uh, it was it was entertaining. It's not um necessarily something that I would be like, hey, I want to go see. But um it definitely was entertaining. It did keep my attention. Um, I could see it being remade. Um, and it did, even though it was gross looking, <laughs> it did age well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can say it did age well. So, yeah, it's supposed to be like grimy and like, you know, yeah, I just don't, I don't like those grimy, grinch, yeah. grunge, yeah. yeah, looking movies. Like, I just. This makes you want to take a shower right after, which I did. <laughs> well, then maybe it can be motivating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. But yeah, that was um, Go. Yes. So, um, next week. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Let me double check before I, add, before I say <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh yeah, this is from the director of Swingers. So yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I figured. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see before we even go there. I have a feeling because it was on Netflix, well, wow. but it doesn't look like it is anymore. So let's see. But it is on Amazon Prime. So um, <clears throat> we're gonna stick with two because <laughs> his birthday is uh the sixteenth. Okay. So above the rim. Above the rim. Okay. Yes. So we will be reviewing above the rim next week, and uh, yeah. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, above the rim was a really good film. So I will be um, anticipating your tweets on it. Yes. Yeah. So Maria, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me online anywhere at V A L A R M O R dollars. That's Valor More Dollars. And where can they find you, Lindsay? Um, you can find me everywhere at L underscore Renell. All right. What about the issue talk? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So also another podcast as well. Um, the Ish We Talk, which is uh, me and my cousin. We're going over a variety of topics. Um what we've been doing these last couple of weeks is talking about Vanderpump Rules, the reunion. <laughs> and it's so funny because we're not, he doesn't watch it at all, but mm-hmm. um, I have peeked in over the years. And, but because of all this scandal situation going on and this reunion being as ghetto and wretched as they come, it is quite entertaining. So, all right. yeah. 
So have you guys um, went back live again with your other podcast? That will be in June. We're in June. Okay. I know. You have a date? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, we're anticipating that as well. All right. So you guys, this is episode 28 wow. of Romy's Reviewed in Movies. And yeah, we're getting up there. And so we will yeah. see you guys for Above the Realm episode 29. Bye. Bye.